we are with the Bene Akiva crew. By the way, did you guys notice that you had Yishai Rebo concert? Were you at that? There was a Bene Akiva Yishai Rebo concert. Where? Maybe it's for like different group of Bene Akiva. It was on the main Bene Akiva website, like for Israel. Is that, is it, there's obviously different groups. It's your Mechina. Yeah, so it looked really nice, like a proper fancy dude. And uh, he gave a full hour or more. I mean, he spoke in Hebrew, and they, the speakers were in English. So it was interesting who was there. Um, it was put up like nine days ago for the Shloshim of October the 7th. That we're already 30 days in. Uh, now we're already way past that. So we're dedicating this session to, obviously, to all the soldiers, you know, my son as well, included Baruch Ben Masha. Things have heated up, you know, unfortunately every day there's another few more Sanchanim, which is the unit my son's in, who have been killed since Shabbat. There's already, I think, now seven or so. Um, and from his specific unit, um, like there's been around three, I think, Are or maybe even more. I can't speak with him. I haven't spoken with him for three weeks or longer now, three weeks in a day, since he, Sunday, took away his phone three weeks ago. And uh, so we're dedicating to him, Barakat Ben Masha, and all the soldiers. And remember, we're, we're trying to grasp the whole challenge of our generation of intimacy. Everyone's dealing and challenge, challenged with it. But, and it's all connected to the war we're, go, we're going through. We already explained that with Yishmael, and that, you know, their whole thing is they get their energy from us not being focused in this area. And, um, yeah, so I don't know how to do this, but we need to pull this up. Some, oh, there we go. Look at that. So, um, yeah, we're going to use the board again just to just so we got the three points. And our hope is that today we're going to, one, carry on with the Q&A concept, because I think that's really important. People should ask questions and be interactive. So I'm not just speaking. That's the win-win. That's what the fourth level we've got to in our... We've done already three. I just want to go over it again and again until it's really clear. The first class we had, what was it about? Proactive, yeah? And it's not to be boring, it's to be real. Like, how are you being more proactive? It seems like your activities are more getting together again, you're more busy. Last week we didn't have a class, which is good because it means you're back to your schedule somewhat. I'm happy about that. I want you guys to be doing stuff, not just listening to me and being proactive. Yeah, number two. Yeah, what's the next one? We need to have, and everyone should be working on this, end in mind, which is what? What's the end in mind? Because eventually we are going to leave this world. It's inevitable. That's one thing that's inevitable. All of us agree. Or we're going to like have Mashiach come either way. But even then, there's some sort of exit point. So what's the point? Mission statement. Yeah? Make sure you're writing some sort of goals, dreams, values, and we said these two things that first is Avram going out, Avram Vinu, we already had him in the Pasha, is going out doing kindness, getting into relationships with people that are important, that are positive. Next to end in mind is Yitzhak, having a mission. He was Gavur, he was strength, knowing what his purpose was in this world. And in, my son, his name's Baruch Yitzhak, he's all about that. Like I just got a picture from Azar, the only picture I've had of him in Azar. And... Um, Amazingly, he's standing there fully armed. Like you can see, blurred out, but he's standing there fully armed. I know it's my son because of his nose and certain, certain things about him. And in that picture, um, he that some other boys have got their helmets off. They look a little bit more relaxed. Like they're having a more good time in this like blown up building in Aza. And one of the things that really struck me is that he isn't. He's focused, and that was his message. The last thing he really said to us as a family, other than that he wants to go, go to Gaza and clean up all the mess over there for the sake of his family and friends and all of us. His name's Baruch Yitzhak, remember? So Yitzhak is Gavura, he has that strength and he said, I'm gonna be focused, I'm not taking off my helmet, I'm not relaxing, one minute I'm in Gaza. Because that's when the mistakes happen, yeah? I'm focused. And that's gotta translate back to us over here, that we've got these classes and we've got these opportunities in Israel, we're also on the front of the Jewish army I don't know, did anyone hear Ben Shapiro speak yet? Yeah. yeah. What about last night? Anyone heard his oh, most recent thing? This night. is worth checking out. I'm going to put it in the chat if you don't mind. Okay. Rab Ephraim Goldberg is a rabbi in Boca Raton, a beautiful big community there, probably one of the biggest now in, in America. And uh, Ben Shapiro spoke there and he clarified so much stuff that's been going on the last few weeks because now it's like the Jew crew, he can just be more open and talk, doesn't have to argue with people, you know what I'm saying? So you can really get some clarity from, from
from how what he's been doing the last you know six seven weeks like being on the front lines but his message is that every one of us need to be on the front lines we're at a point right now like media wise if you don't contribute we're going to lose that battle maybe we're already losing it but we need to win on a pr level on a hasbara level all of us in our sphere of it doesn't mean now go open up an account and go nuts trying to post all day it just means whatever you do have existing and you have a following everyone has some following in a whatsapp group or something everyone needs to right now contribute to this battle it's, it's for, our, for our future because if everyone hates amisrael we can't go to school we can't go to university we can't function in workplace because everyone's hating on us well that's not functionality we, that's like nazi germany god forbid we need to turn that around that that direction that the world's going in in a very negative way so we have an actual mission all of us to get the message out there more yes question uh most of us is really just preaching to the choir so you mean you're in your echo chamber you're like jewish echo chamber wait now that one i would say not why because there's always one or two who are who are accessing different people than you think they do have friends they go to situations and everyone needs strengthening so meaning like there's going to be moments where you like you're going to hear stuff that's going to confuse you you're going to hear a very clever speaker on the other side yeah say like Candice Owens who used to be like you know more considered on the our side now she seemed to be switching to the other side yeah maybe she never was on our side but this is exposed who's on our side who isn't so if you've been following certain people who seem to always be like you know more in the middle and now you're starting to see since October the 7th how there really is a good and evil. There really is people that, you know, love values and love the Jewish people and love Israel or people who hate us and want to destroy us. It's become very like the lines have been drawn very clear. And so you've been listening to that person and now you're still listening to that person. You're starting to have doubts. So then that's why you communicating again another thing from Ben Shapiro. Oh, it's even clearer now because he's so clear, for example. He's so clear. Yeah, or even what I'd, I'm trying to say over here, because once again, if we get the intimacy thing, if we are internally in a good place, if we have good relationships with our family, with our, please God, we'll find our soulmate, or, you know, even if you're in a girlfriend, boyfriend situation, but you're doing it in a better way than you were before, that puts all of us in a better place to be able to fight this war. Yeah, if we're all divided and we're not united, if we're all like just busy, just having addictions, you know, them how you know, a soldier who's addicted to his phone or to, you know, masturbation or whatever it is his addiction is, he's not gonna be such an effective soldier. Yeah, let's just be honest. Yeah. So we've got a, all of this, this is we're all affecting each other and we all need to realise that even within our normal circles, there's always gonna be like little cracks where someone's gonna need some inspiration. Like I, I've seen in Efrat, in Shirat David, you say, oh, they're all Zionists, you know, so we're all in the same, so what do we need to keep hearing about this? No, we actually need to get deeper and deeper, clear, clearer and clearer, who is, what is Amisro, who are we? Why do we make Aliyah? What are we doing here in Israel? Why are we part of B'nai Akiva? Why are we part of Efrat? Why have we changed our whole life from, from Chutzlar, it's from London, from US? We need to clarify this more and more, and how, because especially right now in the war, it's, it's, it, the more clarity we have, the more we can, you know, get into a positive place in terms of our involvement. We can be more proactive, we know that we're mission-bound, it's not just about what I feel like, it's like someone asked Ben Shapiro, how are you feeling these days? And you know, his whole thing, facts don't care about your feelings. He says, what's got to do with my feelings? Like my, my feelings are not relevant right now, I need to be active. I need to, to do, I'm in a position of responsibility, I need to do something about it. And you'll say, well, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Because in your group, that, you need to keep strong. Like, when you go do your chesed projects over here and help the Israelis, they need more farmers or whatever it is, that's a massive help. Because they, they, that means they're not employing an Arab who might kill them, yeah? You understand? It's like a big difference. You say, oh, it's not so, every contribution is massive. That's the whole the whole game changer when you start to realize that it's all about the little actions, the little conversations, the little comments in the chats. That makes a difference. So that's the end in mind, the mission. That's the focus. We need to keep focus. Number three, the next one. Who knows what the next one is? First things first or priorities? I prefer to call it priorities because it's just clear, but first things first is a good way to understand. What are priorities? 
So that's really where we're still at. We're really dealing with this again and again. The private victory really got to get these, these three sorted out. And this is Yaakov's light. Yaakov Avinu now, we're all in the pastures of Yaakov. Yeah, Hanukkah always comes out when we're talking about Yaakov and, and his children. So we're in that like, time period where we're getting ourselves sorting out. And it makes sense for you guys. You come to Israel, you've got the beginning, you're getting used to where you are. And you go through these three holy, these three holy forefathers, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov. You get proactive, you get mission-focused, and you get your priorities straight. You're in a good schedule. You've sorted yourself out what you're doing here. And that, hopefully, will come together by Hanukkah. That's a good plan, Hanukkah, that you've got your private victory sorted out. So now you're victorious in your own personal story. That's what we've been saying again and again. Now, we're, going to, we're in the win-win stage because we're jumping ahead a little bit because we, need, we have no choice. I said, we're jumping into the public domain because once again, we have to now be a little bit more proactive beyond our own personal story. Even in yeshiva, even, or in B'nai Kiva, or even in, even in seminary, wherever you are, or in college, everyone now needs to be a little bit more conscious that there's a whole public situation going on. You can't just like, pretend it's not, it is. So then, when we're just gonna talk about intimacy stuff right now, yeah, which is, which is our focus, yeah, we need to do this together. So that's why I need your Q&A. That's where we're at right now. We're doing Q&A in intimacy. Just so you got it clear. And Yaakov is a great example, because we already mentioned it before. How many wives did Yaakov have? Four. Now, we don't do that generally. Now, there are Svadim who don't have the same um, like rule as Rabbeinu Gershom, that he, he gave a certain like change. One, you shouldn't read your wife's male that was i assume it's email as well but two you shouldn't have more than one wife that was like the famous harem that rabbeinu gershom established yes i thought it was like for a thousand years um so what you're saying it's going to be over soon I thought it was already over. yeah oh it's already over so it could be but i think if you would go and ask any rabbi nowadays or anyone with any common sense even the swanim would agree that even though it's not legally binding like it was initially when the israel state began because made by ashkenazim who mostly, who, who pushed the fact that we only have one wife in the legal system, and then came all these Yemenite people and they needed to have two, three, four, so they had a different you know, culture, so they had to adjust the legal reality. But at the same time, you ask any wife, in a, uh, sorry, wife, you ask any rabbi, and you ask a wife also, pragmatically, to have more than one wife just wouldn't work. We made a joke in our class, we have a weekly shir in... Um, in Shirat David and in Afrat. That's where I encountered it initially in Shirat David, but now it's become like an Afrat Shir. It's also a world Shir on Zera Shimshon. It's a holy book. And we have a, a weekly class in it, and a lot of guys come, and we dedicated last week's class to just one chesed, to supporting the soldiers. The main guy involved in it has raised over six and a half million with just one chesed dollars. Yeah? So that's a lot of money in this time period. You know, he's obviously hooked up and alongside all their efforts as well, the, the group of of people working there and the main guy who gives the class he dedicated the class to the soldiers and, and everything and it came up this conversation exactly what we're discussing now having many wives and there was a joke there someone and it's a true point though his it was a russia originally a guy from russian descent but he's now you know living in there so many many years and he made a good joke he said he said that if you would have two wives i was like two weeks on two weeks off that's great so you got the other wife for the other two weeks but what happens to, to a woman when they live with another woman, or if you live in a house of women. No, they synchronize. The period synchronizes, so it doesn't even work, that concept of two weeks on, two weeks off. So you got the other. It, they all synchronize. They all have a period at the same time. So that, that's just some spiritual reality. I don't know. It's, I think it's scientifically been proven even. But the point is that it was a joke, but there's also truth to it. The point is, it, it's not going to gain anything. Like, we're just going to, as you said, jealousy, that's true. But it's also going to be incredibly difficult for the husband to fulfill his obligations. Because it's hard enough for you as a man in 2023, like we've all heard the Andrew Tate thing, I'm not going to go there because he's also off our list. He's an example of a lot of people we're listening to and now this Israel thing, he sort of went out of that circle because he showed he's pro-Palestine or whatever he is. Yeah, he's probably just pro-ignorance, but either way, it usually comes together. Go on. You listened to him before? I didn't really, but my, I know a lot of people did. So it came over to me through those people. Like people would quote him or defend him or it was all the time. Now I've heard nothing from any of those people about him. 
and they regret even bringing him up. So it's, that's example. He's in a good example of where there's been clarification, and especially in the intimate realm, he's not an example, obviously, because he's he was he was running those sites, you know, with the what they called, oh, it's like an OnlyFans kind of thing. What was he doing? It was like the webcam stuff, you know, for the women and stuff. Like it's a bit of a, it's the opposite of what we're trying to do here. Yeah, it's like basically taking women, objectifying them, and making money out of them. Um, yeah, I mean, he made a lot of money, but it doesn't mean that that's good money, and it doesn't mean it's brought him blessing. Because look at all the legal issues he's having now, and all the accusations, whether it's true or not, it's, it, it comes with its 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 um, burden. So he might have money, but he's also you know stuck in Romania, yeah, and almost got put in prison. So, you know, all his big, you know, you know, we don't need to spend time on him. The main point is we're clarifying clarifying again and again who are the good people who are not who are the voices we need to be with who are not and this is a clarification process as we grow up we start you know they put this concept of putting filters on your phone really you've got to make your own filter in your own self what's going to be helpful for me what's not one of the most important points of everything we're discussing because remember this is based on the seven habits of highly effective people is about effective what's effective I asked my friend in Europe yeah I said, you know, what's, why aren't you on social media? He said, it's because it's not effective for me. He has an amazing business. He doesn't need social media to market him at all. And it just is a time waster. It's emotionally draining. It's, it takes him away from what's important. And he just doesn't need it on any level. So he's off social media. So, for example, someone posted a picture of him the other day because I saw him in London. It's funny. It's the same guy who hustled me playing poker one time. Yeah, that same guy, he was the one who posted this guy who never wants to be posted. I told my, my friend that you've just been put up on Facebook. Within five minutes, it was gone, yeah, the picture. And uh, they didn't even put his full name there. So he's really protective on, you know, how it, being seen by anybody yeah, online. So that, that, that is that idea. And his whole reasoning is of being effective because you use your time and your space is connected into the first things first, priorities, you use it effectively. Now with intimacy, to be effective intimately, you need to be focused on this woman. That means like full focus. You can't be intimate, it, even the word means intimate. You, have to, you can't be in that intimate reality if you're not fully focused. So now one of the questions I had one time, and I'm gonna learn about this, please God, tonight. Hello. Yeah. No problem. So, uh, it he, he is funny because this guy, he's from LA, cool like IT guy, startup world, like genius guy. He used to do a lot of work for me with files. Oh, here he is, Danny Boy. Yeah? So, uh, welcome, Danny Boy. We need the QA. We're waiting for you. So, yeah, we, you can. Yeah, well. So, he's, per, he's, he's all about wives. Yeah? Four of them. So that's what we're discussing. So um, this guy, he said he was on a date and he was getting really serious with this girl and they were meant to get married and it didn't work out. He's from LA, really cool guy. I ended up meeting with him when I went on tour with Nissan Black, who I just spent the Shabbos with. And uh, we were in LA. And comes the, he tells me, we were like on one of these, like back in the day, it was Skype, I think, or yeah. Google, Google thing. I don't remember what it was, but we were talking online. And he was saying to me, that he's having real problems with this girl. I said, what's it like when you go out to eat or something, when you do something together? She said she has real issues with me because I'm always on my phone because he's like a cool marketing IT guy. So he's obviously got a lot going on. You know? He's in LA, like it's business, you know? And she's really irritated that he's never present. He's never focused. He's not focused on her. Yeah? My wife could say the same thing about me, but that, we'll, we'll leave that for another time. Yeah? Thank God for Shabbat, we turn off the phone. By the way, a few guys asked to come for this past Shabbat. I was, as I said, I was at Reisha. And by the way, they have much more annoying sounds coming out of their gym, because they've got this constant beep, beep, yeah? I heard they have Mr. Black over. Yeah, so that, I organized that. That's my booking. I organized that every year, and our whole family were there. My, Nissan Black's family came, the Brown family, eventually the Browns themselves. And two of his team guys came, um, like videographers, and they're also media guys. One of them's a singer called Aura. He's going to be like an up-and-coming guy. He put out a song with Nissan Morty called Love Me. And uh, yeah, but you see, one of the things that the beautiful about that Shabbaton is it's very family-focused. We're with our families. 
the Marcus family, who are the main rabbis of that yeshiva, with their family. And it's a very family-focused experience. Yet, at the same time, we're sharing a lot of good energy with the guys. And the concert was rocking. Like, you, B'nai Akiva got to get this in black. Like, it was amazing. The guys went nuts. Yeah, like, they were going full out. And uh, I've got videos. Anyone goes to my platform, you can see the kind of energy that was there. And uh, it, was, it was amazing to see that, you know, how, how much he's come along. My, my, I've worked with this artist since 2013, and he's, his set list, the quality of the music, you know, he now has a bunch of, you know, different collaborations, how far his, his music has come. And that's why you've got to find something you're really into and work on it and develop it as a career because it becomes, like, the nachas I had, like, just seeing my art and how, how more high level his music is and, and, and the skill and the singing, the voice, everything, the rap and the giving over, the way he connected with the guys, it was just amazing. So this is the kind of thing of getting focused and it goes together with your career, with your spouse, with your soulmate. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why having four wives, for us in this generation, we, we can't even focus on this class for five minutes. So now we're trying to focus on a woman who needs real attention, and if she doesn't get it, she will find it elsewhere, which one of the things is the credit card will go, you know, she'll spend, or she'll find some other person who will give her attention, which can lead to real issues, and it really does make a, a difference. If you really want the key to the game, she needs to know, as my rabbi once told me, my rebbe, and I told, I've quoted him a few times here, that she needs to know that she's, her, she's your priority and you, you, she feels loved. That's like a very important foundation. Now, Yaakov was able to do that for all four wives. But even that, if you look in the Pasha, was not simple. Look at the names. Reuven, Simon, the names of our tribes, of our, our ancestors were showing the struggle of, of one man with four wives, trying to build a nation, how complicated it can get, and how you can lose focus. So, so too with us on a private level, yeah, where we're trying to find a, find a girl, She's, what she's going to demand the most is your attention. And if you're totally addicted to your phone or other stuff, it's, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to, uh, to really get to that. Okay, so now we're opening up to QA. Yeah? Whoever wants to ask questions, I'll just start intro. And remember, we're here to win. It's all about winning, is that right? Yes. We want to win this war? Yes. We don't want ceasefires, nothing. Yeah? Ceasefire. We've got to destroy Hamas. We've got to win. Yeah, go on. What does this say under end in mind? End in mind, mission statement. I um, yeah, I, my writing is appalling. But yeah, a mission statement. The pen's not so great also. Mission statement. Yeah, the, we need to have goals. I, I sort of discussed that at the beginning of the class, which you were late for, so. Sorry, Next, it's all good. I'm, I'm happy you're here at the end of the day. By the way, he asked a good question since we were Danny Boy last time about the idea of, of a mother having an egg from another woman and that whole thing. So that is also this week's Pasha, would you believe it? Yeah? So that fertilization is discussed in this week's Pasha because Rochel, did you, I don't know if you knew this, she prayed that Leah should have her egg, have this, this creation, this child that was forming in her womb. She prayed, and this is very, this is profound, and I'll send anyone who wants to read the whole Divrei Torah or the whole explanation, Rochel Amenu, she was pregnated by Yaakov and she had a baby inside her and she prayed that, um, sorry, the other way around, Leah had, it, had a baby inside her, excuse me, Leah had a baby inside her that was created by Yaakov and Rochel hadn't yet become pregnant and that meant she wouldn't, if Leah had another son, she would have had five sons, yeah, at that point and in terms of the, trying to understand what the overall count, she ended up having more but at that point she knew that each of them needed to have a son or two sons or it was meant to be divided up to three sons each ended up being two sons and then Leah had the majority but she knew at that point if she had one more son yeah she would Rachel would not have any son that's where she was at that in terms of the the state so she was praying Leah that Rachel should have the son instead and she somehow transformed her womb what was in her womb to Rachel so nowadays that would be like the idea of fertilization, taking what's in one woman and moving it to another woman. She did it spiritually. So what came out from, from Leah? She had a girl, she had Dina. And what came out from Rachel? Yosef. So really Yosef was initially formed in Leah and ended up by Dina. 
So now, when we understand later on that Rochel um, and his son, Yosef, ended up marrying um, Dina's daughter, which was uh, and Asnas, and also who married Dina, who created Asnas, Shimon, who was Shimon? Shimon was Dina's si- Yeah, but so that, how can that be? Even in that time, they weren't allowed. A brother was not allowed to marry a sister. So we know where the whole story is Shechem. It was a very heavy story where there was hostages like we have now. Dina was taken hostages and she was raped by Shechem and the whole terrible situation. So then Shimon and Levi had to go do retribution and destroy that city and the whole thing, which is very relevant right now, what's going on in Gaza in a positive way. Yeah. So to get back the hostage, to get back Dina. So what did Shimon do? He didn't just get back the hostage and say, see you later. He got her back, it was his sister, and he, he said he would marry her. And he did. So how can he marry her? It's his sister. The answer is because it was really from Rachel. And, it was, and that's the whole thing with the fertilization. It's, it's actually brought as a source. That is the fertilization means from the original mother or from the one who actually gives birth. So that's, always, that's the question that we're getting at. Whose child is this? The original mother who formed this child inside a womb or the one who then gave birth? So the, the fact that there's such a concept means that we, yeah, we encourage this kind of reality. Just the question is who's the mother, real mother, is it from the fertilization or is it from the birth? That's the question in halacha and the different opinions and I can send it to you the whole back and forth, but it's definitely something that we want to encourage that there should be a, women who seemingly are barren should be able to be helped by other women who are fertile to help create children. That's, that's what we know that we encourage, we want children. So to answer that question, yes, we want to help people having fertilization issues to yes have children. The question would be who the real mother is, and that's where you have to go to the rabbis and work it out. According to that story with Shimon, Rochel was the mother of Dina, because she was formed in Rochel. Because that's why Dina was allowed to marry Shimon, because they were sister and brother. So the one who gave birth, Leah, never really became the full mother. That's how we explain it. Okay, so that's, but that's an example. There's other examples. The other way from the Torah, so that, that's where you get into these sugiyas, these conversations. Next, who has another question? Intimacy. We were talking about having multiple wives. Do you think it's a good idea? Let me ask you guys. To reinstate. You said it's a thousand years up. You want to get, have to... You don't think it's a good idea. Why is not the thing? It gets complicated, no? Even hookups. It's fun at the moment, I think. What about this whole ghosting thing that's going on? That's really bad. You know, you know like they, they hook up and then you, you look like you're in a relationship and then they just ghost you. Like disappear. Yeah, they're so stupid. Yeah. Like they, yeah, it's pretty mean, no? Like you've connected with this person at an intimate level and then blocked. And that's just like, on every level, you can't even find the person online. This stuff, that's the kind of stuff that's going down. Yeah, that's where this whole online dating is not really working out so good. Um, I was watching a thing called Crown. I don't know if anyone's into the royal family. Anyone cares about the royal family? Yeah, so now Diana dies. Yeah, right, That was part of my upbringing. And the next part, it hasn't come yet, it's going to be about Prince William. It's going to go into that next stage of the royal family. And that's when I met Emily in, the, <laughs> in his party. And it's going to, I can't wait to see how they're going to give it over, like his more late teenager years, because I'm the same age as him. Are you going to be in the show? No. But uh, the, the concept of like, he was like a star. Like I remember at the party, all the girls were surrounding him, you know, Prince William, you know. Imagine marrying a prince. Who doesn't want to marry a prince? So you know? <laughs> yeah. No, but he doesn't need, he doesn't need that now. Now He's got what he wants. He got a beautiful woman. She's like, she's not just stunning, like as a woman. Yeah, she's like built for this. Like she's not messing around like the previous stories. Like she, she's, she's got the right head for all of the position and everything. Yeah, go on. Yes, you may. Thank you for asking. Very polite. Yeah. What else? What are you gonna say? You gonna say something? No, I said. For the ribbon cutting. There's more than that. You know, uh, my family were involved with what's called the Prince's Trust. You ever heard of the Prince's Trust? They put on a massive amount of shows and raised millions and millions of sterling for loads and loads of causes. And um, that was how my father actually met Princess Diana and Prince Charles. 
um, through the Prince's Trust because we're very involved in the events and the concerts and the, the and it still exists today. I mean, I now he's a king. I don't know. Maybe it transferred to William. I don't know how they, what where the actual where it's holding right now. But the point is that you see from the royal family that they are dedicated to doing good for the for the nation. Um, the 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 key to the game and the crown even says this this on the Netflix thing that. The key is that they need to sort out their own personal situation, really, to be successful at doing that. That's where we, this is what we're explaining. When the private victory is good, when their marriage is focused, they're, they're together, like you see from Prince William and his wife, yeah, I've forgotten her name, but whatever her name is, then you see that they're a good partnership and they're probably going to get through the whole story together and they're going to do well. And then you have the previous story with Princess Charles, uh, Prince Charles and Princess Diana, and they get divorced, and all the mess that came out of that, and she died. And so instead of her being this ambassador for, for good, she ends up getting caught up with all kinds of crazy stuff and dies. And it gets, you know, dies in a car crash. So instead of being effective, he himself blamed himself in the crown, right? Because it really is about getting the personal situation. So you can't really be a public ambassador if you're not personally sorted out. And that's where the world is having such issues, because most of the famous people are not sorted out on a private level. Yeah, they're not focused. They're not like tuned into the intimacy that they should be. So, um, any questions? Come on, guys. Yes. I think this is the army. Could I yeah, should answer. They're calling him up. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mark Carl. Yeah. What does he say? Oh. So I just want to let you know tomorrow we're going to do a class and we're going to talk about, and this is for everyone in the program, so everyone needs to be there, how to really get the most out of this time period, Hanukkah, which is what we put, like, in a, how to really win this Hanukkah. Each of you want to win. This is like your, yeah, Hanukkah's the best. For me personally, for, on an intimate level, 22-year anniversary, it's always a victory for me that I made it to another year, married to my wife. So that's always a big thing, that I get to that point. But another thing with Hanukkah that we're going to discuss is there's certain energies and lights that comes out from Hanukkah, literally, we're lighting the menorah, that's going to help us with everything we've been doing, and it's going to help the girls as well, because they're going to be in the class as well. We're going to get a certain strength that we can do stuff, we can accomplish, because one of the issues that the media is making us feel like is hopelessness, God forbid that we can't really win this war, because once we destroy Hamas, who's next? We've got Lebanon, we've got Hezbollah, and we've got PA, and we've got all these crazy students in the world who've like, lost their minds. Like, what, what, you know, it feels a bit hopeless, like, so we destroy them and we lose all these soldiers in the process, but then there's so many other enemies. How are we going to you know, resolve all this? So the Hanukkah is going to give us the hope that we can win, ultimately, and that's why it comes out this time of year and it's perfect for this time historically right now. It's a, it's a Chag of victory. It's a festival of victory, of winning, of light. And uh, we need to do it together. That's another important thing. We don't do it alone. Yeah? We will mafasem the miracle. We advertise the miracle of Hanukkah. As I said, we need to light up the internet with, with our message, not with all these lies. That's part of the victory that we need to have as a people. We're going to discuss that on tomorrow in more detail and give some some guidance on how to get that done, and that's going to be with the, with the women and with everyone together. Okay, next. Question, please. I need questions, because I, I can't win without us doing this together. Come on, let's I'll tell you one thing. Nissim, Nissim Black said and um, spoke very strong about, you know, how his journey was with his wife, yeah, even when he wasn't Jewish. And having someone to go on that journey together was crucial. Like, I met my wife, I've told you guys, in the initially shul hopping, 14 years old, and we became very close friends in the gym. That was the next time we met. And she was with me this whole journey. So I'm not against, like, high, high school sweethearts if you don't overly physicalize the whole thing because then you, there's you know, still room to develop on that level. And you, you have someone to go on this journey with. Nisim had that. He had, his, he had his soulmate. When his mother died, he had his soulmate to phone. And then when they both converted, they got married. Yeah? 
Go on. He started off Christian, but his he had a relative, I think his grandfather, who and there was you know there's always a presence of Islam in the black world as well. So there was definitely an Islamic influence, but he in the end went hardcore towards Christianity and then Messianic Christianity, and then towards through Messianic Christianity he realized that the only thing left is Judaism. Yeah, what do you need? Feel better, man. Yeah, the weather is kicking off, so everyone needs to be a bit aware of the feeling they're having, you know, with the change of weather. Like, that's why I'm dressed, like, overly warm, because I'd rather stay well. Okay, so that was the Nissim story um, with his intimacy, and some with me. I was always with my wife, like, close, close, close. One of the things that came up from the Rosh Hashiva, uh, I think the Meshkirch of Reshe, he said a really powerful thing, which I want to share. He, uh, you guys are like this. He, he, was, he asked the cool guy in the class, yeah, you know, the guy that everyone looks to when someone says a joke, see if yeah. he's laughing. You? You're, that's the guy? Yeah. yeah so they asked him, this is the, the rabbi asked him, it was like a day, it was a day off where they were meant to go and do all these activities, but the weather ruined it. So they ended up by the rabbi instead. And he, he knew that it wasn't like a crowd that were going to be into what he was saying. So he asked the cool guy, he said, cool guy, he literally called him that. He said, what's your body count? He didn't say body count. He said, how, how many, you know? So the cool guy of the class, he was 15, 16, I think, didn't know what to say, like, looked a bit embarrassed. So he turned to the guy and said, look, you're the cool guy, and you don't even have, you haven't even done that? Yeah, he hadn't, yeah? So the cool guy hasn't done it. Now let me go now to a public school and ask the cool guy of that class, or even ask anyone, yeah? Have you done it by 15, 16? What's the answer? And how many? Quite a decent amount already, yeah? So that shows, I mean, it's, we're not talking about ultra-religious, we're just talking about like whatever it was, you know, modern Orthodox American guy. So, and he hadn't done it. So the point was, he said to the guys, he was talking about Shaman Aguirre, and he was saying whether it's crazy or cool. Is it crazy, is it, is it a good thing to be Shaman Aguirre, or is it just craziness, like the rules of Shaman Aguirre? That was the question to the guys. What do you guys think? I think it's within moderation, it depends on the person. Because um, I personally think that, like, yes, I understand the concept of it, and I feel that it's very important. But at the same time, like, I feel that if you're, for example, like, in this kind of program, like, if I'm, like, I'm happy, I'm going to give a high five to someone, I don't have a problem with doing that to a girl. Of course, I understand that there's certain things which lead on to bigger things, but there's yeah. also... I feel like there's a point where you can draw the line and say, like, at the end of the day, like, what is that? What am I going to do? Like, it depends on the person. Also, it's the environment. You I, I like his answer. I like your answer a lot, yeah. I think it's also the environment you're in. You're like in a yeshiva world. Yeah. You're not going to really see it as yeah. goes anyway. Well, you are if you go to town, but if you don't go look for it, yeah. Or yeah, if you go on your phone, yeah, that also, yeah. If I'm like, yeah. when you're here, you're like surrounded by it. It's a lot harder to come in again, yeah, then. So that's true. So I, I, I appreciate your, real, your pragmatic answer because I think that's very practical. In B'nai Akiva example, Mechina, where you do have a girl program. So to be Shaman Aguila completely might be like not realistic for most of the guys. If you're really like able... I mean, I remember when I was in university and I started getting into... And I remember I had no rabbis brainwashing me. I was, I've always been clear about that. No one was brainwashing me. This was like my personal journey. I got hold of a book called Missy Like Yashaim. So maybe that was brainwashing me, but I was just learning it like voluntarily. And, uh, and it said that you shouldn't even look at a fingernail of a woman. Forget about, you know, anything else. So I was just like, wow, that's really extreme. And I it quoted it to one, you know, what's the, what's the guy that, where's, what's the nation that rock comes from? You know, they do the dance. Uh, Hawaii, uh, Not Hawaiian. No, rock. The rock. They do the, the, rock, the, the your rugby guys, the rugby. Maui. Maui, that's it. So those guys, yeah. They're, 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 so that, that culture is, if you've ever met a Maui guy, yeah, by the way, my dad's met The Rock, yeah, because he worked in WWE for a while, but when WWF, but I haven't met The Rock, but the, I did, my, my son thinks The Rock's really cool, but I, I saw him in Joe Rogan, it was all right, yeah, um, he's, he's, he's a nice guy, but I, it wasn't, I wasn't so impressed um, beyond that. But um, nevertheless, something very beautiful about Maui people is that, and what this, late, this girl, Maui girl in university said to me, our whole culture is about hugging. 
and touch and love and expressing and feeling and sharing that feeling of love. So she used to go up to everyone in university and hug them, yeah? And I was just reading this book from, you know, and I said, I, you know, I can't even look at your fingernails. She's like, you're nuts. That's your religion? Like, she's like disgusted by it. Like, you know what? I, and I, I said, look, five minutes ago, I was hugging everyone as well. I was doing more than that. But um, right now, I'm trying to, you know, get into my culture, my tradition. And based on that, I can't touch you. So she just didn't get it. Like, she was like, you're a nutcase. And I was just like, I don't know. I'm going, on, I'm going on a spiritual journey. I'm trying to find, and this is what it says in our spiritual books. I'm working it out. I'll, we'll get back to you. I never got back to her. I never hugged her also. But maybe I did before that. But yeah, go on. Who? Sure. I mean, I've got my wife. Yeah. I mean, so we, we it's a mitzvah for me to be intimate and, and connect. That's the, that's the balance of Torah, that we don't say it's forbidden in everything. We, we have a time, a place, and, and a person. So that's the whole intimacy idea, that it's, it's centered into one person. Well, the question comes up, like you were saying, and you were saying, very good. What's both your names again? Nothing. So both of you two geniuses over here were saying good points that we do have to be pragmatic. Yeah? If you need to have much respect like to shake someone's hands, like this, yeah. Business, there are like heterium, there's there's situations, you know, what I always do I try to hold a few drinks, you know, because I like to booze up anyway. But Event yeah, to speak to someone, so I get my wife to shake their hand or whatever. Well, if it's with that kind of headspace, yeah. But the problem is, suddenly you got this. Like, I remember I told you the Miami story, and I'm like, it's repeating it because it was like a one off yeah. that I shared it. But this woman is like challenging, like, for a man to not be affected by her, and she's putting out a hand, and then you know, you're schmoozing. and. So then you got to say, all right, this is why I draw back to the two drink situation. You know, I can't really shake your hand, but my wife can, or my wife's not here, but I would shake your hand, but I've, I've got two drinks and uh, there's no way to put it down right now. So, you know, how you doing? And you just explain, you can explain it that I'm religious or whatever the reason is. And I had to do this with my aunties. It was really hard. My aunties were mad at me because they'd always kiss me every time I saw them growing up. And now I was saying, uh, and I'm like, what? It's, what? One minute you were kissing us, now you're not. So that was a really hard transition point for them. But what I did is I went out of my way to be really nice to them, message them, phone them, visit them, like make up for it in other ways. Yeah? So I really went out of my way to make that relationship positive and other than the touching stuff. Yeah. What's your family? What do you mean? It doesn't show them really good. Close family members. Yeah, sisters. Sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, and mother and father. Like grandparents. Grandparents also. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so there is a, a quite a range of people you can, but the auntie one is a hard one because they're like almost, and then they're not. Especially yeah. then by marriage, like if it's your, yeah. aunt, if it's your parents' sibling, then it's easier if it's your parents. Yeah, I mean, look, there's obviously in the modern Orthodox world, there's loads of like room because they've always kept this area less strict than different other communities but um <clears throat> i went to yeshiva and yeshiva like it was very black and white so it was it was now I had to deal with that yeah go on this um this is not a question is he i have a cousin who's a year older than me yeah and so he was always a little bit more religious and at the time his bar mitzvah he became like, very very strict like you like bugged out as i say like he didn't <laughs> even hug my mother who's his aunt yeah he wouldn't um go in pools or be near pools where there were women, he wouldn't take his shirt off to go in a pool even if there were no women around. Really? Yeah, he got very straight. Me, yeah, last night, and I was thinking to myself, I, in a sense, good to be, like, do what you believe is devotion to Judaism. Yeah. But also, at the same time, I think, if you can't even go swimming, like, which I love doing is, doesn't it detract from your... Yeah, so it's a common problem where people who get very inspired by, by their religion or by you know, their spiritual journey, where they, they can lose some of the balance that you're talking about, where like well-being, like doing swimming and doing normal activities. Now, if it's from a sensitive point, like I personally, even when I wasn't religious, 
I had an issue taking off my t-shirt. And I'm just saying, I had it when I went on tour. I came on tour, 16-year-old. And I was a good-looking dude, but I hadn't yet got the body I was, I was happy about. Yeah? I still felt like I had a bit of man boobs. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah? Man boobs. Yeah? I felt like I still had that. Yeah? I hadn't worked out my body enough. Well, ever since, by the time I was 17, I had already like, had a six-pack. I was like in top shape. But um, it took me a while. I was a more chubby kid. So I always had a bit of a, like, a, like that body issue. But like a, not enough self-esteem. So when I was on tour, I was very reluctant to take off my T-shirt just because of that. Because of body shaming and the, the feeling I have in front of all the crew. Like, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable. So that was like, that could sometimes be the reason. Like, just you're not comfortable to expose yourself in front of people. But also... Like in terms of bringing religion and, and then using that as like a thing, then obviously the whole point of it is that you should, it should be real with yourself. Like you need balance, you need exercise, you need relationships, and you also need to keep these rule system that you believe in. So it takes a while for pe people to adjust when they've come from one lifestyle to another. Like it took me a while to get balance. Like I was a bit extreme in the beginning to the point where even the rabbis were like, were a bit like calm down kind of thing. Because I'm going from such irreligious lifestyle to a very religious lifestyle. That was my experience. So then I had to come back to balance out my journey in life because I'd spent 20 years initially not being religious. So now I had to figure out how to balance that out. And that takes a little bit of common sense and it takes a little bit of honesty. And um, especially with the whole, like, you know, Shaman Gear story, because this is people you love and you've always up until a certain point being affectionate and now you're not so you've got to figure out how to do it right and be balanced about it but at the same time if you really believe in this system like we're saying you've got to be pragmatic but you've also got to be with your values so it's that balance approach and that takes time and maturity so a young guy he's not going to be mature enough he's part one of the big problems of religious people you get religious pride where you start to think you're better than everyone else Self-righteousness. Yeah, self-righteousness, exactly. Thank you. So that kind of mindset takes a while to undo. It's a mistake. It's not, it's not what God wants, that's for sure. But um, it takes a while because, you know, it, it's about maturing process. You know, like you haven't really understood really what it's about. You're sort of externally taking it on. You haven't really internalized it. So really, it's once again, all this stuff has to come from the private victory means a lot of self-work. You've got to figure it out, clarify your goals, your values, priorities. You want to have a relationship with family, but you also need to keep the Torah. So you've got this balance going on together. And it really, the Torah system should not exclude. It should only help your relationships. Because, for example, the whole family culture of Western civilization has gone down the train, drain. I got failed by my sociologist, sociologist teacher when I was at university. Is that right? Did I say that right? Sociology, sociology teacher. She failed me. She was a self-hating Jew. And what did I write my, my thesis on? No, the Jewish family. That really pissed her off because she was like a feminist the whole way. And I'm talking about the priority is husband, wife, children, you know, family get-togethers like Shabbos, Yom Tov, Shabbat Yom Tov. You know, all the hugging, Hanukkah. There's nothing like a family moment. Hanukkah, lighting the candles together. There's no malachas that are forbidden. So you can have your phone. It can be normal. Like, you're not like feeling stressed by all the Yom Tov stuff, getting ready. But you're lighting this. All you have to do is light a candle and sing together. It's such a nice moment. So even when I was irreligious, but we did that much, you know. Like Hanukkah like, is one mitzvah that a lot of Jews do worldwide. Because it's a very easy mitzvah. Just at a certain time, as it gets dark, you take out a menorah, you light a candle and you sing. Like, it's not that hard. So it's those kind of moments of really powerful family moments. And she just, the sociology teacher didn't buy it. But I wrote this whole thing and she failed me. And, once, and it wasn't even because of anything like bad writing. I, I, I think it's a good thesis. But she hated the, that and she passed all the gay and the lesbian people. And all those guys got, you know, full, full grades. I got failed by her. And I could have taken it on with the university people, but I would have lost probably because she was probably powerful. And by that point, I'd lost interest. I just came to Israel and gave up on the whole thing. Went to Shiva. I was like, I'm not going to fight this. Yeah. And how, how old were you when you made all that? 
I made Aliyah when I was 18, 19. No, I made, came to Israel in 18, 19, made Aliyah 21. 21, 22 when I was married. Finished it off by 22, because it was a process. 22, I was already uh, living in it until 2002. So I've been here over now as an official Tashuv, as they call it, almost 22 years. Yeah. Pretty intense. So, um, yeah. I'm 43. So we're pretty, we pretty much covered the main, the main point of the class of being effective and winning in intimacy is going to take that kind of focus. I think that would be the message. And that's why the four wives doesn't really work nowadays. We've got to realize that. And that is part of the Shama Nagir thing. It's just homing in that it's only for certain people. You know what I'm saying? So this is something which we all need to, uh, to really work on, all of us. Like, it's how to be really into the, uh, you know, th- this one person is going to be how I'm going to fulfilled in this area. I'm not, I don't need 20, go- 20 girlfriends. Yeah? I just don't need it. And you're not going to be good at it anyway. Like, if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever watched those movies where the guy's trying to play a few different women. And it's just a nightmare. <laughs> Is like lying from this one to the next one to the next one. It's just one big lie all the time and constantly covering his tracks. You know, you can't even, then imagine you can't even like just be real with the person about anything. It's all just a game. So it just doesn't work. Like even if you were married to all of them legally and you seemingly committed, but how could you really fulfill the need of four women or three women or even two women? It's hard enough to fulfill one woman like in 2023 with all the struggles and stuff. Okay, any last minute points before we end off? Okay, so tomorrow we're all going to get together for Hanukkah, focus, and it's going to be a lit class. Let's, let's be cool, lit, yeah? We're going to be lit, lit up, and um, please get all, all the guys. There was a bit of a poor showing today. We want to get all the guys, because the more guys, the more energy, the more I can give, the more you get. To really win, I'm a little bit disappointed today. That we, want a, we want a full turnout. Really, we, I need all of you guys to be really involved. Like last time, there was a guy sitting here. I won't say names, but he came up with something very deep with his question. And if he, wasn't, if he was here, then we'd get to a better place. But he wasn't here, so we all lost out. So I need all of you to, to turn up, be part of this B'nai Akiva Machina army, and make us get the best session out of it. Because I'm coming out of my space, my time. I had what to do this morning, and I'm saying, no, Monday morning, I'm here for you guys. And you guys, thank God, are here. But the ones who didn't come, and if they're listening, or if you could tell them that I'm a bit pissed, I want them all there to be there tomorrow night at 5.30. And next session I come in two weeks, in this base midrash, it should be all the guys, the whole program. I want all the guys here. And they all need to come with something. I want them to come with the toughest questions. I want you to come with the toughest questions. Think, think about it. What's really bothering you in intimacy, yeah? When I, when I was at Reisha, I had a whole session with the guys at night and they were asking me about, you know, one of the guys wants to do a whole thing on masturbation. They were asking me about stuff like that, like real, real things that they're dealing with, you know, like all guys were talking about, um, you know, it, it got pretty intense, like the conversation. Like they, they, they're trying to understand, like, you know, how to prioritize schedule. For example, I, I told them this whole story with Nissan Black, he cancelled his tour because of the war. Why? Because of Shalom Bias. He was, uh, was honouring his wife and his kids. They wouldn't leave them by themselves during the war. Yeah, go off to America and buy in the middle of war. <laughs> Just when it started, the first week. So we cancelled his tour. That's about priorities. That's about knowing what's... Because it's hard when you're making money in your music business. A lot of people always say, work, I've got work. And that has to come first. But the problem is... You're like leaving the people you care about in a vulnerable situation, and sometimes that's not right. Can't always be the excuse, I've got to work. Same with the phone. Like you're sitting in front of this, this lady who, who's needing attention, and, and she, wants, she wants your attention, and you're just saying, I've got work. So that guy eventually got the message, and he got married, the one in LA, because he put away the phone. He suddenly realized, until he gets this phone out of his face, he's not going to find his soulmate and get married and be successful in relationships. Once the phone becomes more like beloved than your wife, which for many people it probably is, then they're going to feel that, they're going to know that. 
they're gonna and they're gonna they're gonna call you out. Women, that's one thing for sure. Women do once you're married to them, they're not gonna let you get away with it. That's until and if you say if you get to a point where they're letting you get away with it, that's because they've found someone else to talk to. They they've found someone some other avenue to channel that need, and that means you're no longer intimate, and then you failed in that relationship. So really, it's really a, it's it's really the key to the whole game of marriage. And Yaakov definitely was able to do it on the highest level and bring down twelve tribes, and you know, and, and we get the Jewish people from 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 that kind of focus that we're talking about. So I'll see you all guys tomorrow. Have a beautiful day. Enjoy your activities, and uh, you know, I I it's partly jealous that you get to do all these fun things again because I used to love when I was first came to Israel and all the amazing trips we went on. I don't know if are they doing that yet still? They got back to that? We haven't got back to trips soon. Soon. It's coming. Okay. So it's getting a bit better. Good. Because it's so important. You need to, you're in there so you need to get around. See all these amazing things. So much going on here. So much history, so much like content, so much beautiful views and walks and hikes and and the people here are amazing, you know you're dealing with people who have been through war after war. These are real people. They're not here, they're not like, you know, distracted, majority of the people here. They're very focused people. It might be intent, maybe sometimes too intense, but it's, there's definitely what to learn. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to our relationship flow by Ellie Goldsmith. This is an important opportunity to touch base. It's been a few weeks, a lot going on. We had a win-win previous episode, recommend checking out. I'm gonna use the cover photo of my wife crying, not because uh, we need your mercy or anything, but to portray somewhat the intensity of having a son who's been in Alza for, by tomorrow, four weeks in terms of our last time of direct contact. Well, honestly, it was on Sunday was the last time, but nevertheless, it's four weeks since we visited him. One time we got to visit since the war began on Simchus Torah. There's 74 days from Simchus Torah to Hanukkah. It's an opportunity for all of us to uh, internalize how long this war has been going and will be going probably till Hanukkah. But then we're hoping already for a miracle and without getting into any of the details of the war, having a son there is definitely a challenge on the relationship flow. Oh, it's very tearful every day. And this is from a real place of love and connection to our son, to our son, Baruch by Masha. We dedicate this session to his safety, his Shmer Leona, his heavenly protection, and also for the hope that he'll be successful in everything he does so that he can come back victorious in his own personal way as well as for the nation of Israel, for Am Yisrael, for our people, Am Yisrael Chai. I'm looking right now at the Just One Chesed. I'm sitting in the Zer Shimshon Kolel, <coughs> recording this. Am Yisrael Chai, I have a lot to do, I have a lot to learn. I need to do the Dafyami, I need to get ready for Zer Shimshon. The, at the Zer Shimshon, check it out. <coughs> We've been doing a lot of Unity Flow podcasts. Thanks to Bnei Akiva, my wife, my holy soulmate has been driving me there and back or one night I had to walk some some of the way until someone got me but basically it's back and forth teaching there about intimacy check out the intimacy classes maybe we'll post some of them here in relationship flow but you can go to unity flow to check out all the different discussions there and um, yeah I will get to uploading more here at some point it's just when you're in a war and you're also trying to bring an income, you know, we have Alex Clare, part of our Unity bookings, and Listen Black going on tour next week, and Alex Clare's already on tour, so there's a lot of, you know, things going on, as well as booking already now for Pesach, for the Unity bookings list, I'll put the uh, link in our description below, for anyone who wants any musicians, artists, speakers, creatives, mentalists, and comedians, we've got a new comedian, Mikey Greenblatt, he was on Kill Tony, 
that means anything to anybody, one of Joe Rogan's good friends. And um, yeah, who will be putting him on a Pacer program. It's kind of things keeping me busy. <coughs> Excuse me. Behind one of the good things about the Zershimshin is always a bit of a bottle of a rat lying around. Hopefully we'll have a good turnout tonight, we'll do a class. And the point is my wife, my relationship flow, she's about to go to my daughter's event and then go teach and then teaching again tomorrow a few classes and you know, running a house while knowing your son is an other, is in a place of danger and war. It's very intense struggle. I mean, life was always challenging, but this is like a whole new level. And this has been going on, ongoing since Simchus Torah, since that holy day. As we said, it's been around six weeks, and by Hanukkah, 74 days. Pretty intense, four days, no direct contact. Four, sorry, four weeks, no direct contact. And um, I mean, four days would be hard enough, but four weeks when you have such a close relationship like my wife does with my son, it's, it's just bringing out a very deep place of love and connection that is way beyond any you know hollywood movie or anything that we see out there it's something very deep very profound that the nation of amisrael the our beautiful people are all the goyim light to the nations and we have the ability to bring out the values and the goals of humanity that bring us to a true place and relationships as an example, someone just brought to me tonight the service from the Baal Shem Tov. It's uh, published by Chabad, but it's a general, beautiful sefer from the Baal Shem Tov, the Kodesh Chisalenu. And the idea of intimacy, the idea of going into that mokum of Kodesh Kadoshim, of intimacy, of connection, and to realize that that place is a place, just like Shemona Esra, where you're shockling and going back and forth, you're drawing down a shamas through your spine, first coming through the mind, into the spine, through the Machshavah's toes, through the good thoughts, bringing down through the spine, the 18 spots, connected to the 18 prayers we say every day with the 19th, and the idea of getting into our enemies, and then we get to the Yisod, the Yisod, Sim Sholem, the idea of bringing down that blessing, that Shefa, into this world, and this is, brings out a beautiful soul. And the deep point is that my own son, I believe, was conceived in Simchus Torah. That's a very private point. But he was conceived in Simchus Torah, and now, 19 years later, Yates, which is Yom Tov, the good. This is the idea that Yates Kislev coming up, the idea of Yom Tov Shel Chesidis. Already, right now, just went through the ninth of Kislev. The very deep light is starting to be revealed more and more. The Oresh HaMashiach, as we're in the days of Kislev, and the Kaf Yomim, the, the 25 days connected to the Shema Yisrael and his soul is come, came down to the Torah to then be ready to, 19 years later, to fight a war in this special time and to lochem, to be to be a warrior for our people and to defend and to protect us from our enemies, people who are against the soul. The whole policy, the whole approach is against life, against love. And our relationship flow is all about building that intimacy, that love, that shockling, that connecting, that oneness, bringing it into the Kodesh Kodoshim, like we have Kavana every Shemar we're going into the Holy of Holies, we're going in Lifnei Hashem, to Torah, we're going to the holiest place of joy, of Simcha, of Yichud, of unification. This is the Panemius of the Ba'a Shem Tov, the idea of everything is a Yichud, everything is unification, bringing out united souls, we put out a new extract, part 37, we'll post that in the links below. The idea that there is an opportunity to connect to so much light, so much awe. We had a Shabbaton recently with Nissan Black, and it was beautiful. The only thing missing was my own son, Bokatuk, as a sign of war. And Nissan Black dedicated the concept to all the soldiers. The idea that we were singing for our people, the victory of music and the soul, the victory of Torah, the victory of prayer, the victory of a relationship of Shalom Bias, to be able to focus on our marriage and our peace and our home, to bring down the Kedushas Asiyasod, that's the biggest war that we can make against our enemies, is to have holy children, have holy families, to be able to guard the bris. And this is the relationship flow of 2023, coming up to 2024. Just a shout out, I'll be in London, January 7th, which is Pasha's Vieira. I'm going to go give Marcus over there, <laughs> bring the, the awakening that Pasha's Vieira awakens up the souls in Mitzrayim and Egypt and Golis and Exar wake them up 
back to their shorish, back to their root, back to what they're here for, the Bnei Yisrael, as Moshe Benu and Aaron the Kohen did all those years ago, and it'll bring us out of Mitzrayim and in the Pashas of Shogavim Tat, the, the idea of bringing us out. This year's a leap year, I believe, so we got Shogavim Tat, the idea of the special time that we're preparing with the Pashas leading up to Hanukkah. We ate to Yaakov, we have the awe, the light of Yaakovina bringing down souls with his holy Zivugim, four holy wives. We have Rocha and Leah and Bill and Zilpa, the ultimate example of relationship flow of unifications, bringing down this, the, the Shifte Ka, the holy tribes. And this is a preparation through Pashas Vayishlach, through Pashas Vayeshev, through Pashas Mikates, through Yigash, through all the way to Shavim to get us ready for this light of Hanukkah that's coming, the Oresh Mashiach, the hidden light, the light that warms us up now. I might be on tour in this blackness to be decided right now, whether I'm on tour or not, relationship flow needs to be there, always. The focus, the priority, the family first. Something we've been talking about, the Akiva boys and the general program of World B'nai Akiva, B'nai Akiva Mechina, check it out, intimacy flow classes over there in Unity Flow. This is really important. We tune in the fact that we're intimate with our soulmate. There's nothing else. It's just you and that person and that soul, the unification that takes place. This is the relationship flow of Toshin Pei the pigeon, the redemption that comes down, the redeeming of the hostages, the redeeming of all the souls. This is our time to really shine and flow in love, in connection, in oneness. So I wish everybody the opportunity to tune in to the unification that takes place during this time and redemptive energy that's in this year. We can really can't grow very much in our relationships and be there and comfort those who are in pain, those who are missing their loved ones. And we can come to a place of Shalom and Mashiach, please God. I wish everybody a beautiful, beautiful rest of healthy winter. Lots of Shalom bias. If anyone wants to reach out and share their relationship flow, I'm happy to hear from them. And please go over here for my own soulmate soon. Um, and it will be in the right time when she'll speak again on this podcast, hopefully with only good news. Okay, only love. Keep sharing. Relationship. Flow.